Welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. This week we are talking all things no and low alcohol, which is a super interesting area which is definitely gaining momentum. I've had a lot of guests on the podcast who have actually decided to go sober and I also end up meeting lots of people out at events who may choose to opt for a non-alcoholic alternative. I have definitely found myself opting for those non-alcoholic drinks in the week as sometimes the cloudy head the next day just isn't worth it. And I think it's really great that people are now becoming more accepting of this rather than questioning why you're doing it and just not understanding it. So with this in mind, this week I am joined by Luke Hemsley, founder of Wednesday Domain, the de-alkalized wine brand which is perfect for that midweek drink. In this episode, we talk all about what it takes to make a dealkalized wine, the health benefits in comparison to normal wine, and also his journey to cutting back. I say cutting back because what I think is really refreshing about this is Luke still decides to drink. He just likes to opt for non-alcoholic occasionally or midweek or when he's just not really feeling it. And I think that's so refreshing. So I hope you enjoy the episode. There's so much in this that you're going to love. And as always, have a lovely rest of your day. Luke, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. To start things off, do you mind giving us a quick elevator pitch? Who you are, what you do? Yeah, of course. So my name is Luke Hemsley. I'm the founder of Wednesday's Domain. Our mission, our ambition is to become the midweek wine alternative for food and drink lovers. I love it. I think there's a lot going on in this space. We've just touched on a few things before we started recording. And I think it's going to accelerate a lot, a lot more. So it's really cool to have an early adopter in the wine market. So I can't wait to dig into this more. But before we do, I have a quick fire round about all things food. Okay, terrifying. (laughs) Sweet or savoury? Definitely savoury. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. What's your go-to cuisine? I would say Indian until my wife Hannah fell pregnant recently and has suddenly gone off curry entirely. So that's currently in a state of flux, but oh, wow. Indian, Indian, I would say. Okay. Cook in or eat out? If I had to choose, cook in, I would say. Mm. Favourite delivery? Favourite delivery, Koi Ramen from Tooting Market. Oh, haven't tried that one. I like Which ramen. is interesting given that I said Indian was my go-to Yeah, cuisine. but sometimes... Favourite cuisine delivered is a whole different story. It is, exactly. So I, As anyone who's ever ordered, ordered a burger knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it's not the, not one. the one. No. So my first question is why non-alcoholic wine? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess if I go right back to the start um, and cut me off as, as you see fit, but I knew I wanted to set up a business um, and have done for, for quite a while. Um, I also did some thinking around that, so to cut a long story short, realised that whatever I set up had to be um, in a physical product space and had to be rooted in a delightful customer experience. So I had a product that I could pick up, I could hand it to you, I could see you enjoy it. That was what kind of motivates me and keeps me interested in something. Um, During the pandemic, my wife Hannah and I spent some time with my parents, with her parents. They're both old school, they drink like fish, you know, there's beer, there's wine, there's spirits most evenings, and that was fun. 
um, for about a week until we realized it was kind of wholly unsustainable, not not really compatible being mentally and physically fit, working hard, all that sort of stuff. Um, went to the supermarket, checked out the alcohol-free options. Beers and spirits were fantastic. The variety, the growth in the variety and the quality was enormous. Um, and when I turned to wine, I couldn't find anything that I enjoyed drinking and anything I'd be proud to take to a friend's house. So that was kind of the origin of Wednesday to Maine. Um, and essentially resolved to create a great tasting, beautifully branded wine was the kind of um, idea in a nutshell, I guess. It's so true though, because Beer, they've done it, done it pretty well. Yeah. I hear people saying, not a beer drinker myself, yeah. but I've heard it's good. It is, yeah. Yeah, gin, there's a few alternatives, like spirits, yeah, done yeah. pretty well. Wine was always this one that just wasn't quite there. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think there are a number of reasons for it, and it's it's a it's a question that I think about a lot and, and, and talk to a lot of people about. So I guess there's the, the kind of physical properties of a wine. When you're um, removing the alcohol from a beer, you're only reducing kind of three, four, five percent. So the impact of the alcohol is much less. When you're looking at a wine, you're removing anywhere between 12 and 15%. And in effect, in a wine, the alcohol acts as, as the backbone. It, it helps kind of bond everything together. So when you remove the alcohol, you impact its body, its flavor, its aromas, all the things that make a wine a wine. So that's, that's one of the reasons that it's incredibly hard to do. The other thing is that the wine industry is, relatively speaking, quite backward-looking, quite inward-facing. A lot of people, historically, in the wine industry couldn't think of anything more terrible than removing the alcohol from wine. Whereas if you look at beer, there's been a, you know, a great history of innovation in beer and in spirits. You only have to look at the craft beer movement to see that you know, things can change very quickly. So I think wine in that respect was never particularly looking to the future and ways that it could evolve. So that that's you know, a shame in some respects because it means that it lagged behind, as you, as you noted, but equally it creates a great opportunity for businesses like ours. Mm. So what you just said then about removing the wine, yeah. it's quite important to note because it is actually de-alkalized, isn't it? It's not non-alcoholic. It's like there was alcohol and it's now removed. Am exactly. Right? You are right. And, and uh, But you're right in, in our case. So right. um, essentially, if you are someone who's looking to replace a wine to have a non-alcoholic option, you typically have two options. You can either um, buy a de-alkalized wine or which is where a wine has been fermented to full strength and then had the alcohol removed. And there are a few different processes that you can use to do that. Or you'll find things like um, sparkling teas and kombuchas and ferments, which are kind of positioned for and marketed to wine drinkers, but, but fundamentally aren't wines. Whereas Wednesday's Domain, we are um, more towards the former than the latter. So we use uh, dealkalized wines but we use them as a base rather than the finished product. So most of the non-alcoholic wines you'll find in the supermarket, if you go to Sainsbury's or Tesco or even Waitrose, um, you'll find dealkalized wines that, that they're kind of the beginning and the end, well, not the beginning, they're the end product. Whereas mm -hmm. for us, that's that's just one part of the process. Okay, amazing. And I think I read that on your website that it's the same alcohol content as an overripe banana and a glass of orange juice, which I found quite amazing because actually you're right, when it's, when you have an overripe banana and you're like, wow, that was quite a lot. So obviously it's because that's kind of gone into fermentation, I guess. I, I, I believe so. Mm. I mean, we, we have definitely stolen that description from um, Lucky Saint in terms of they on their, they have a brilliant FAQs on their website, Lucky Saint being the non-alcoholic beer brand. Um, and that's a very, very commonly used description in the... Um, non-alcoholic space because there's a you know there's a lot of education that needs to happen so 
one of the things that people don't necessarily realize is is the kind of legal classification of non-alcoholic is 0.5% or less, which is the same as a ripe banana, um, to take that example. Okay. And what is the process that is involved in making Wednesday's Domain, for example? Yes. How do you make it? So there are um, two stages that we're involved in. So the first is the dealkalization of the wine. Um, and the second is the the kind of blending and bottling, um, which makes which turns it into Wednesdays to me. So the first is um, the wine. So that's sourced from La Mancha, which is in central Spain. It's an enormous wine growing region. Um, the wine is dealkalized using something called spinning cone technology, which is essentially a series of centrifuges that the wine gets passed through. Um, the wine is kind of spun at very high speeds and, and, and the alcohol, the different component parts separate and, and the alcohol is, is, is removed in effect. So what you're left with is a 0.0% wine that we then import into the UK. It's at that stage that we then work with a, a bottling partner to blend in natural flavours, natural ingredients to turn those liquids into, into the product that we then bottle and, and, and sell as Wednesday's Domain. Um, and the second part's really, really important because I mentioned that when you dealkalize a wine, it loses a lot of its character. So what we're trying to do is recreate the sensory experience of drinking a wine. So making sure it has an aroma, making sure it has a texture, making sure it has body, making sure it has length, so it has a beginning, a middle and an end. And we do that through those elements that I've just mentioned. And that was something that we developed over a kind of long period of time as an ongoing process that we that we kind of focus on. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think I was actually speaking to my mum right before I recorded this, before I was planning to record this, and I was kind of speaking to her, she loves her rosé, and okay. I was like, Mum, like, why would you not go for non-alcoholic? Like, I want to try and, yeah. like, dig in a bit and get some good questions yeah. here. Yeah, waste of time. And she was just like, yeah. firstly, she's like, I like the feeling wine great. I was yeah. like, okay, okay, granted, but, like, why else? And I think one of her things were there's not the kind of flavour profile of... Yeah. Of other of normal wine. So, what kind of flavor profiles did you have in mind, or what were you trying to create with Wednesday's Domain? Because I think it's a really good point that you know you have wine tastings, and they're like, right, what notes are you getting yeah. with these? And I think obviously you want to recreate that. And yeah. So, how did and you do that? So, I will definitely answer that question. But first, it's really interesting uh, to hear your mum's reaction because when I first set up the business, one of the things I did was speak to. Um, you know, a number of different people at different stages in their life, different backgrounds, different interests and understanding of wine. And one of the questions I asked them was, what do you like about drinking wine? And for a lot of people, the effect it had on them, that feeling of, of being a bit merry or a bit drunk, was actually quite far down the list. They loved the idea of picking a bottle out. They loved the idea of thinking what they were serving, who was coming around, where they'd enjoy it. Um, and, and so that's a massive part of, of non-alcoholic and alcohol-free brands, making sure that people who are drinking those products get the same experience other than that kind of physical effect that alcohol has. Mm. Um, but to answer your actual question, um, in terms of the flavour profiles, essentially what we did, I sat down and looked at, you know, what are the most widely consumed wines in the UK? They're clearly popular for a reason. Which wines pair well the wide variety of foods? And then looked at those flavour profiles or descriptors so as you rightly said when people talk about wine they often talk about um you know something having citrus notes or strawberry notes or vegetal notes or whatever there's a whole different language you can use to describe wines which instantly can be quite confusing um but looked at those and then worked with our development partners to say how do we create wines or liquids that that have these elements 
and initially we focused on certain grapes or varietals so we said right let's try and make a Chablis or a Chenin Blanc or let's try and make a um, you know Pinot Noir or Beaujolais or something like that which gives you your reference point but you have to be slightly careful because if you say to someone this is exactly like this wine they'll have that fixed in their head and because we don't have any alcohol it's incredibly hard to be a hundred percent a hundred percent match to your alcoholic counterpart in the same way that a non-alcoholic beer doesn't taste entirely like an alcoholic beer it's just a tasty replacement that has a lot of those characteristics mm, yeah it's so true and i think going back to what you said about experience it is so true like i think if you have chosen not to drink you don't want people to say oh you're not drinking yeah i think it's all about the aesthetic like having that glass i think the glass part for yeah. me is so important yeah. like no one wants just a tumbler of water like it just doesn't look right like yeah. even if you put water in a wine glass you're halfway there like that yeah. glass the color of the liquid the way yeah. it feels in your hand picking exactly. the wine i think it's all the experience so i completely agree yeah and, it, and, and it's not to say that it's only the experience but you're so right that's such a that's such an important part and it is that it has it has kind of positive associations because you're associating those good times that you've had when you're drinking wine whether you're with, you're with your family or your friends um, and so making sure you're doing that is super important and one of the things that we talk a lot about internally at Wednesday's Domain is you know, when you're not drinking you shouldn't have to face 17 questions about why you're not drinking because mm. it's boring and it's unnecessary yeah. so we want people to be able to have that experience but and to enjoy it that you know whether you're drinking or not the experience should be very similar so so <laughs> true yeah I agree so one thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about like non-alcoholic wine and non-alcoholic in general is maybe a reason why you want to have alcohol is to relax. Yeah. But then you obviously don't want the feeling the next day. So I was thinking, would you ever think about putting kind of CBD, for example, yeah. in wine? Because I was like, let's try and combine these two. And yeah. has that been something that you guys have thought about? Um, hearing you ask that question is like talking to my dad because my dad every so often will ask me if we've decided to put CBD in the wine oh, and he really? tells me that's the future and that's the combination of two massive trends in terms of non-alcoholic and CBD and all that sort of stuff um, the answer is it's crossed my mind but it's not something we're focusing on the reason being I think there's slightly different customer segments and I think a lot of people who drink our wines who tend to be a little bit older tend to have developed more of an interest in and a taste for wine are, are still have still not adopted CBD and they would find that quite a confusing proposition mm. and I think it's absolutely something that we will that there may be a time where we look at kind of what are the functional things that you could do with Wednesday's Domain and there are other businesses out there who are doing it brilliantly but it's just a very different proposition mm, I think yeah. um, and I think you know if you look at functional drinks functional liquids there's been enormous uptake in them but that's yeah it's it's a slightly different avenue yeah say. no it's so true I also think you know we sat here in London we are in a bit of a bubble Massively. of like emerging trends and emerging yeah. products and you go into stores and you do see a lot of these products but if we look at the kind of UK as a whole yeah maybe the two are like what is this weird thing like yeah, it could be and, a bit too and, overwhelming and, and I, th I think that I think that's true and I think there are also elements where, where that's not necessarily the case so um, Liv Ferdy who's one of the founders of Trip she she um, speaks about the fact that one of their highest selling 
um, stores in co-op is is in the kind of highlands in Scotland and they, they don't really know why that is but there's enormous uptake of their drinks there so yeah. you're, you're right but I think my takeaway from from that kind of conversation is as a brand also being observant of trends in London but then also making sure that you're speaking to a broader audience and you're building a business that resonates not just in London but outside and that you have stockists that are that are outside because I think you know you you don't want a brand that's just in London but but you are right that it is a real epicenter of of kind of trends and what's coming and going yeah no it is so interesting and in terms of target market obviously this whole kind of no and low market is rapidly increasing and we'll touch on that in a minute but who, who would you say are your target market like who do you speak to as a brand because I was thinking about this and I was like god I mean, obviously it's, it's everyone but yeah. obviously you don't think like that you 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 have your I don't know consumer profiles yeah. so who would you say would be your target market our target market is typically someone who is our average consumer is probably late 20s early 30s upwards through until late 50s early 60s and and, and I know that's incredibly broad but typically they're people who have an interest in or, or, or do drink wine. Um, they often have busy professional lives and they're mindful of what they put into their body and the impact that that has on their mental and their physical health. So they're people who are into their food and drink, um, you know, they have a bit of disposable income to spend on these products that, that, that are, if we're honest, kind of semi-luxuries, they're definitely not necessities. Um, but they're growing more and more aware of, of the choices that they're making when it comes to food and drink. Yeah, I know that makes complete sense. So with the rise of the industry of the no and low and with there has definitely been a greater uptake. Like I've had people on the podcast who don't drink full stop yeah. and I'm hearing it more and more and more. What do you think the drivers are towards this rise? Yeah, it's 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 a really, really interesting question. I think um ultimately there's a there's a massive, massive increase in thinking about what we put into our bodies and the effects that it has on on it. You only have to look at the wellness industry as a whole, which is kind of incredibly ill-defined, but absolutely massive and has completely transformed the way that most of us live our lives. I think people are beginning to question um, the way that they live their lives and the things that we assume are defaults, whether that be, you know, having a drink at the end of the day or eating meat or otherwise, we're beginning to question those more and more. And so people are looking to moderate so that they can live their lives in a, in a fuller way. You know, whenever we talk about our consumer and why they drink Wednesday's Domain, it's not necessarily because they don't want to get drunk. They just don't want to feel, uh, you know, below par the next day. They don't want to feel that it's not hungover. It's just slightly dusty. You're kind of, you've had two or three drinks. You feel um, you have a little less energy. You don't eat as well. And so it has these, these knock on, these kind of secondary impacts. Um, that, that you get if you do have a you know, mm, drink. Definitely. And do you think the pandemic has had an effect on people's uptake to switching to non-alcoholic? It's a really, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a good question. It's one that I've not thought about a lot, which is ironic given that the business came out of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think if, if, you, if you look, at, if you spoke to most people about COVID, what it made them real, two things happened. Everyone drank way more, but everyone got way more into health and fitness and being outdoors. So you had these two kind of meeting of minds, these opposites, um, that coming out the back of COVID, people are thinking, okay, I want to try and retain some of those elements of feeling better. And whilst that was great, kind of sitting around and drinking and whatever else, it's not necessarily compatible with 
my now day-to-day life where I'm going to the office, I'm going out and about, I can't be in bed and roll out of bed and, and be at my desk five, 10 minutes later, you know? So I think the pandemic gave us a greater awareness of our bodies and how we feel and the importance of health. And I think when I say health, I very much define that as mental and physical health. Mm, yeah, no, so true. I agree. It is funny actually, because yeah, people drank a lot more, but then afterwards were a bit like, actually, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. And actually I've really noticed the impact on, you know, eating better and yeah. taking more time for myself and yeah, it was a weird parallel, but I think you're yeah, I think Definitely. you're completely right. So talking about the health benefits then of yeah. choosing Wednesday's domain over a normal alcoholic wine. Yeah. Generally speaking, I guess wine is quite calorific. Yeah. And might be high in sugar. Um, how so? What's the kind of comparables? Yeah. You're taking a, a glass of Wednesday's domain with a glass of normal wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. A normal glass of wine typically has, and if you Google this, it will give you a value for a, for 125 mils, which is a which is a small glass of wine. If you're in a restaurant in a bar and you order a small glass of wine, that's what you'll get. That typically, whether it's white or red, typically has around 100 calories. No one actually pours themselves a small glass of wine at home. You know that's just not how we do things. If you see that happen in a pub, you feel a bit shortchanged and you think that's definitely not what I ordered. <laughs> Um, so the average glass of wine has probably 120 calories, let's say. Um, our wines have 40, 42, 43 calories, depending on whether it's the white or the red. So a much lower calorie option, also lower sugar. Um, and I think you know a lot of the thinking when we were creating and developing the wines was that if um, someone is drinking this product, it needs to be low calorie. People are willing to tolerate the fact that alcohol is calorific because of those other effects in terms of feeling merry, mood enhancing, all that sort of stuff. You you know when you're having a glass of wine or a few pints that there are calories in that and that is just a trade-off that you've accepted going in, basically. Mm. Um, and so we've d- definitely developed those the wines to have a much lower calorie count. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it's the alcohol content which makes it... That's exactly that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, and what about sugar? Because I think I've been looking into like the sugar in rose, white, and red, and apparently I believe rose is actually the highest in terms of of sugar. But anyway, what's the sugar content in the Wednesday's domain? Yeah, so so we have in the in the wines respectively in the white and the red is point four and 0.5 grams a litre so very very low sugar Mm. and it's interesting because one of the things that the you know both in terms of this podcast it's relevant but also in terms of within wine a lot of um, wine bars will talk about the RS the residual sugar and our wines have a very low residual sugar um, which again is is kind of of interest to people as buyers are taking note of the fact that people are becoming more conscious about the calorie the sugar the calories the sugar everything that's in wine okay so interesting so going back to Wednesday's domain and like you building the brand because ultimately I guess people are brand led nowadays you you feel loyal to a brand especially with yeah. wine I feel like like that's my kind of go to so how you know looking at the bottle when you came in we had a lovely like, kind of wax top yeah. and what kind of things did you think about when you were building Wednesday's Domain and like, what kind of things were important to you yeah it's it's um, you're kind of really taking me back here I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of the conversations that we had that were actually during the pandemic and sitting at a desk and, and thinking about this I think the first thing is that we wanted people to feel included. We wanted people to be 
um, proud of the fact that they had chose, if they were choosing not to drink for whatever reason, whether it was in that moment or longer term, they should have the same experience as someone that's choosing to drink. So the bottle had to evoke the same feelings. And that's one of the reasons that we have um, the wax top. That's why we're illustration led. That's why we have these bold and beautiful colors because we want the wine to be able to hold um, you know, hold its ground against alcoholic wines. And I think a lot of the non-alcoholic wines that you historically find in, in supermarkets, have historically found and, and do to a certain extent still find, they're complete afterthoughts. There's absolutely no brand. Quite often they have a big zero on the front. They're basically broadcasting, I'm not drinking, look at me, coming back to that point about not wanting to face kind of 16, 17 questions. The other thing is we wanted the brand to be quite playful, to very much be representative of sitting around a table. So we have a weekly newsletter that's called Table Talk and it goes out every Wednesday morning. The whole idea is to celebrate the meandering conversations that we have with friends and family when we sit down for, for some food and a few drinks. And that massively uh, kind of informed the way that we think about the brand. Um, and, and so ultimately what we wanted to do there was create something that was, um, it was playful, it was relaxed, it was everything that, that having a glass of wine should be, really. Mm, no, I love that. I think it's really great. And I think you're right. When you look at one of your bottles, you don't think, oh, that's a non-alcoholic wine. Like, you're kind of drawn in by, oh, this wine looks really cool. Oh, my God, amazing. It's non-alcoholic. Like, exactly. You don't look at it and think, oh, that's non-alcoholic. Like, and and, and that. the way you phrase that is spot on. So Silas Amos, who is a kind of branding guru and has done you know all sorts of drinks brands, large and small, who was involved in the creation of our brand, he used to talk a lot about the fact that you know, not it being non-alcoholic was the punchline rather than the headline. It was, oh, and it happens to be non-alcoholic. Literally yeah. exactly as you just said. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think, you know, we spoke about before we started recording about the plant-based space. I think that's also really key with that. Like, people sometimes just don't want to see vegan written in big bold letters over a packet like exactly. similar to what you're saying about zero percent like yeah. you don't necessarily want to see that it wants exactly. to be more discreet there are so many parallels as we discussed so many parallels completely so going back to kind of your journey because what i love about kind of you starting this brand is that you still drink wine yeah and i think that's really important to note because that's probably giving people a bit of reassurance like Oh, this yeah. guy actually still drinks as well as creating yeah, this. Because yeah, yeah. if you were a non-drinker, although that would also be absolutely fine, people might be like, oh, does he actually know what a good wine tastes like? Or this is really boring or whatever. But actually, you do both. Yeah. And I think that's really refreshing because it shows you, firstly, you can do both. Yeah. Secondly, you know, this bottle could be just for your Wednesday, Monday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, whatever you are. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your personal journey to stopping or integrating more non-alcoholic wine into your diet. Yeah. Obviously you mentioned about the pandemic pandemic, and that was kind of an extreme version of like going from most nights, which we all kind of did, yeah, yeah, yeah. if we can admit it to ourselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, kind of what's your journey with it? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just on that point, it's funny you say that. When I, a lot of my job is putting a backpack on and walking around London and meeting restaurants and wine shops and delis and, and on those occasions where you do manage to have a conversation with someone, the second or third question most people will ask me is, slightly nervously, they'll say, so do you not drink or do you drink? And when I say, no, I, 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 I do drink and I enjoy a drink, I'm just looking to moderate in certain moments, you can there's like a palpable sense of relief. They're like... Thank God. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that that's right or wrong, but I'm saying it's representative of how a lot of us feel about 
when people are drinking or not drinking. Mm. Um, to your question about um, reducing my intake, I, I think it comes back to the conversation that we had earlier in, 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 in the podcast, which was around just being mindful of um, what I'm putting into my body. And I think the way, and, and, and I'm trying to do this with, with meat as well at the minute, it's just removing those unthinking occasions where you just have a pint because you're meeting a friend after work or you have a glass of wine because you're having, you're, you're having dinner at home and, and that's just what you want to do. Um, it's working out where you do and don't want that. So if I'm, you know, tonight and or tomorrow I'm at a wedding, I'll definitely have a glass of wine, definitely have a few beers because that works with that occasion. Whereas on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, having a glass of wine still helps me to relax. It just doesn't need to be alcoholic. Mm. Um, and so I think just being more conscious has, you know, had a massive effect. And, and, and realizing that so much of having a glass of wine is actually down to that experience in that moment and and once you do have that first glass often that's the one that takes the edge off or has that effect that you're looking for um and so that's really been my experience yeah i think it's really interesting when you said i like to have a glass of wine to relax but it doesn't have to be alcoholic because yeah some people would be like what doesn't make sense but yeah. it does make sense because it's it's getting the glass out or let's say give, getting given the glass if you're out or yeah. getting it out of a cupboard if you're in yeah um, maybe hearing the sound of the of the liquid hitting the glass, yeah, yeah, the sound yeah. that it makes, and then taking a sip, regardless of what actually is inside yeah. that. It's so true that whole act, yeah. that whole kind of ritual of pouring wine. And it's interesting how that then influences other elements of your life, because then when you are out and you are drinking, saying you're out is the wrong. You know, when you're saying right tonight is a night that I'm drinking you're then questioning, you know, do I need that next drink? And, and, and actually, you get into this really, really positive cycle where you become, you know, addicted is the wrong word, but, but the way you feel is amazing. And you realize that if you cut it, you don't have to cut things out entirely. It's just about those little incremental choices that allow you to wake up a little bit earlier or go for that run or, or you know, make that lunch or whatever. And you make a little bit more effort in your life and those effects compound. And when you're doing what we're both doing and running your own business, you, you kind of need to feel like that. You can't afford yeah. to feel, um, you, you know, slightly out of juice and, and, and running out of steam because, you know, in everything we're doing, you have a limited amount of time to limited number of hours in the day and you've kind of got to make the most of them. hundred percent. I mean, there's a term flexitarian for the plant-based yeah. space, but I'm not quite sure what it is for the yeah. non-alcoholic space it's, yet. It's, 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 I was actually thinking about that phrase the other day and thinking that, we or someone needs to crack what that is because you you know you hear a lot of people talk about being sober curious um you you know people talk about moderating there, there, there's a phrase there but it's exactly the same as flexitarian yeah. but just with alcohol rather than meat definitely i think also a really nice way of kind of including wednesday's domain in your in your lifestyle is let's say you're at a dinner party and you know you've got wine on the table you you've had a few glasses but you're thinking kind of done now yeah but I don't want anyone to know that I'm done. Yeah. Now what? And you could just kind of leave the the wine in the glass and not touch it, but that kind of looks a bit boring. Yeah. That's when you could kind of subtly swap yeah. out, swap in the kind of non-alcoholic and no one will know the difference. Yeah. And I think it is sad that we care about what people think, but it's not because we care what their opinion is, but it's just yeah. you, you want to kind of fit in the situation. You don't want it to be obvious. You don't want it to be a, a thing. 
And, and I, I also think that that is changing and incredibly quickly. I was with uh, having dinner with, with five friends that I was at university with um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and that group has met up once a month, often go for a curry, um, back to that point about loving, loving Indian and Asian food. Mm. Um, and, you know, five years ago, if people had turned up and, and, and not, not been drinking, they would have had an absolute earful. And it was almost just easier to either not you know just to drink or just to not attend and the other day there were more people not drinking than drinking and no one batted an eyelid there wasn't a mm. single question about why you're not drinking you know what's wrong with you um you just accepted that it, it either in that moment or as i've mentioned earlier longer term that's a choice that they've made um and so that's really exciting because i think it means that people can turn up two parties, two lunches, two dinners, two events, whatever, with these alcohol-free options and still be fully engaged in that moment and people not ask those questions. And you're, you're right, Georgia, people will, but that is changing really quickly and yeah. we're kind of excited to be a part of that. Definitely. So where do you think this industry is kind of going and where do you think Wednesday's domain is going? Like what's kind of yeah. the future for both the kind of industry and obviously Wednesday's domain as well? Yeah, so... I think about the industry side of things a lot, which which you'd hope because that's a big part of my job. Um, the thing I have to remind myself a lot, and, and I talk to my colleague Bella about a lot, is this is still a niche, and and you know the amount of press attention it garners is still far higher than, than the amount of sales and revenue that it generates, and that that is changing. You know. You've got non-alcoholic beers that are the top-selling beers on a cardo now, alcoholic or not. So that is changing. People have adopted those things. So I think the first thing that happens is non-alcoholic wine specifically starts to become more mainstream. Um, and I think that happens through both the supply and the demand for it. So people are drinking non-alcoholic beers and spirits. They start questioning if wine exists. And then on the supply side, people like us come into that equation. And we do a lot of work speaking to restaurants, to wine shops, to delis, making sure these products are available. And all of a sudden that starts to grow. So I think the first thing is you will just see non-alcoholic wine in more and more places. And that, that is something that will continue. I think the other thing that will start to happen is there'll be more and more innovation around what a non-alcoholic wine can be. And, and does it have to have wine in the first place? Or can you, instead of going top down and, and removing alcohol from a wine, can you go bottom up and create that experience of drinking wine in, in, in other ways? And if you look at the natural wine movement, you know, that made people question what is what is wine? You know, the natural wine, if you gave that to your parents, if I gave that to my parents, they would kind of spit half of it out and say, what the hell is this? But th that's got a huge following. And so I think the same will happen in non-alcoholic and that's really exciting. Mm. In terms of Wednesday's Domain, you know, ultimately our number one job is to, is to stick around to make sure that we're still here in, in, in three years um, or five years or 10 years or whatever that is. And I think what that looks like for us is, you know, continuing to work hard to grow our distribution. So to make sure that wherever um, people look for Wednesday's Domain that, that, that we turn up, but also to expand our range, to, to, to appeal to a broader group of, of, of drinkers. So to have different styles um, of white, of red, of sparkling, you know, to, to, to be able to allow people to enjoy our wines on lots of different occasions. The other thing, which is slightly left field, is I'm really interested by low alcohol wine. Mm. I think it's too early now. I think it's too confusing a proposition, but I do think there will be a time when you'll be able to create 
unbelievably delicious five or six percent wines mm. and all of a sudden if you can do that you begin to question why would I drink a 12 percent wine yeah. and, and so then you know that wine becomes more sessionable you can enjoy it in the same way but you have less of the effect the next day so so that's that's also um part of it and very much in keeping with our mission of becoming people's midweek wine alternative because that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be zero it could be low it could be full strength for those who just yeah. want to drink alcoholic wine no, Monday through Sunday so but yeah we'll see interesting but I think again that's a very much potentially back of product thing where it's like oh this is really nice wine oh my god no way it's yeah. actually got well this is amazing you know yeah. one of those things where it's not something that you could be like hey look, look at this big bottle of wine it's only got yeah. it should be like wow try this amazing wine oh and by the way it's again like and people will be like that is amazing. I can have a whole bottle to myself. Exactly. And I'm fine. Like, I exactly. think it's one of those. I think it's really exciting. Like, I think it's one of those things where plant-based and non-alcoholic, no and low are kind of like on the similar trajectory where it kind of goes from being something really hyped and really exciting and really new to then falling into something completely normal. Yeah. And the normal part is really exciting. And I think, yeah. although, you know, coming back to plant-based, people have been saying, oh no, it's going under, like plant-based is on, on the decrease. Yeah whatever like it's not really yeah. like it's just kind of normalizing no you're you're, you're absolutely spot on and, and and the fact that we're sitting here with a coffee and and you asked me beforehand you know would i like which milk would i like when i as as someone who drinks old school cow's milk when i go into a coffee shop now and i, and I order that i feel like i'm a bit silly and that i i'm a bit of a dinosaur and you know that that's not the option and that's because plant-based options have become mainstream exactly as you said and 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 I think you know no and Lou is on a very very similar trajectory and, mm. and that's when you know that's an amazing that would be an amazing time for us but it's also become a difficult time because then lots of people come into the market you have a real race to the bottom on pricing and it becomes incredibly competitive so I think for us as a business there's a bit of a window of opportunity now um, so we've just got to make sure, kind of keep the backpack on, keep getting out there, meeting restaurants, meeting delis, meeting wine shops and, and, and go from there. Yeah, no, I agree. It is, it is really, really exciting though. So we always like to finish with the same question, yeah. which is, what would your last meal be? This is starter, main oh. course and dessert. It's quite hard, it's very on the spot, but what would it be for you? I think... So I'm going to choose three things that probably bear no relation to That's one another, which I suspect meal. most people is our yeah. last meal. So no judgment. No judgment. I think to start, I would probably go for something like a gazpacho, um, which I absolutely love, mm. um, or I would have some kind of something very simple, some kind of anchovies and toast, so something like that. Mm. Um, clearly spent way too much time in wine bars um for my main i would what would i have i think i would have to our earlier question pizza or pasta i think i'd have some kind of seafood linguine maybe yeah nice um and then for pudding i'm actually gonna go rogue because you asked me sweet or savory earlier yeah and there is someone that I know that I've met through doing this who never ever has a dessert. She just has another starter. Oh, um, wow. So I think I might have six oysters. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That is, I've never heard anyone say I think say I might take a leaf out of her playbook and I go with that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, great last meal. Nice. Luke, thank you so much for coming on. This thank is so exciting. Me. I feel like I've got you in the early stages before this all goes completely crazy and Wednesday's domain just goes absolutely wild. I think it's a really exciting time for you guys. 
Um, so I can't wait to watch you guys grow. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you check out our socials for some content dropping this week where Luke and I taste test their exclusive summer edition and so you get to see my thoughts on it. As always, make sure you click that follow or subscribe button, share this episode with someone, a friend, family member, spread the love, spread the episode. Honestly, it's so, so appreciated. Thank you so much again and I'll see you next week. (music) 